0: build a culture of coaching in your organization, and continuous improvement. We've always been focused on this idea of headcount equals revenue. And that model worked when the land grab was was plentiful. Um, and it, it's not anymore.
1: Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how we keep employees transitioning to this new work-from-home reality from becoming frustrated as they adapt. And more importantly, how we keep salespeople from being insensitive during customer conversations or sharing the wrong content, which can always send things sideways. To help us, we're lucky to have with us Dustin Denno, VP of Sales Enablement for Showpad. Dustin, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Chad. Uh, Pleasure to be here. So before we
1: jump in, uh, we always like to start with kind of a random question, just so people get to know you a little bit better. And this may be harder to answer now that we're all so virtually connected, but those that know you largely through a work uh, environment, what is something that you're passionate about
0: outside of work that they might be surprised to learn about? Uh, That's a good question, Chad. I I think uh, it actually helps that I'm remote with some of the things I like to do with two of my passions, believe it or not, are, are to draw and to cook. I'm nice. a, as a sales leader, I'm, I'm always involved in a lot of conversations and, and uh, very in, and typically intense, a lot, lot going on. And I, I find that the one thing that uh, kind of calms me down is is either drawing a little bit. I'm not good at either, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I like to draw and, and cook a little bit to to, to step away. So, so those two things have I've been working on uh, a little bit during my free time here, which we, we all have plenty of.
1: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Great. Thank you for that. All right. So work from home. It's a new reality for everybody. Uh, some of us were probably a little bit better prepared. I worked from home for years, although not with a house full of other individuals. And so it's the new reality, right? It's confusing. It's full of challenges for people. I got nailed yesterday. The FedEx guy actually rang the doorbell and the dog yeah. started barking right so how do you recommend companies that are transitioning these workforces to this new reality? how do they do that without in, in introducing more fear, uncertainty and doubt? Yeah, I think
0: the, the first thing is is just ensuring that your your teams are, are tooled up to do their job, right It seems very basic, but some of the the things like do they have all the tools that they need to actually function day to day because that can be a, a frustrating experience. That's the first piece and then second, There's this element of, you know, working from home, but then there's element of really the whole world has shifted beneath our our feet very quickly. And so there's this element of, you know, not only just working from home, but being very secluded and remote from people in general. And so I think you have to do a a lot to stay connected with your team remotely, whether it's daily standups or or setting up meetings on a weekly basis that are are more collaborative in nature and also doing some fun things if possible is, is super important. And then I think the third piece is where most people, most of our customers when I'm talking to them have been tripping up is, is really what is your new messaging in this time and how are you arming your team and enabling your team to to, to have that same voice when they're having those conversations as a sales leader? Very much taking a step back and, and learning about what that messaging is and then making sure you actually train them. Otherwise, you're You're sending them into a gunfight with a knife a little bit um, if if you don't arm them. And I think that's one of the... the, That final step is where people actually uh, miss on is what we're hearing. Yeah. And we're
1: seeing seeing very much the same thing. Those companies that are taking the time to train their people, make sure they're they're ready for the new reality, that they have the tools, they know where the stuff is, they know how to have a conversation. Those are the ones that are, uh, I don't want to say going through it more gracefully. I'm not 100% sure anybody's going through it completely yeah. gracefully, but it definitely makes a, a difference. So what have you seen work well to drive and maintain employee engagement? So if like, if the audience was looking for one or two things that they might be able to do to up that level of employee engagement with a new remote workforce, what would you recommend?
0: Yeah. I think Again, the first step is just, I think, honing in, taking a step back and saying, what's my new reality and, and making sure that, that every employee is aware of what our stances as a company in this new environment. And so that a piece, but the second from an engagement perspective, there's a, a couple of different avenues, right? Use there's, there's the engagement, making sure they're they're engaged in their job and they're doing what they need to do to drive activity and pipeline and, and revenue still. But then there's this engagement uh, around uh, culture and, and making sure people are staying connected. And I think one of the areas that, that we've tried to invest in is, is just making some some opportunities or creating some opportunities for people to get together either whether it's a virtual happy hour or uh, we do some games or we we highlight an employee and we do that at at kind of the company level in a a, you know twice a month or or once a month and we do it at my team level across the u.s revenue org once a week and then each team stands up does a stand up at the beginning of the day to to talk about what they're going to achieve the day and, and what they achieved yesterday. And then, then also just connect in general. So it seems like a lot of meeting, but I found when they're they're really short and tight and have a, a really strong agenda, it's kept our teams pretty engaged so far.
1: Well, I mean, it creates a cohesion, right? And we were talking about that before we hit record, right? You actually, in some cases, see these teams uh, really start to lean on each other, really start to gel in ways that you hadn't expected them to before. It does, it, it may seem to some people like a lot, but Man, you can do so much. We have so nobody's driving to work, nobody's commuting, nobody's nobody's on public transit right now. We have a little bit more time, and and I think that focus on that human connection is is critical. But then there's also the the other side of the coin. What have you seen out there that people should avoid that might have the opposite effect on productivity or morale?
0: Yeah, I think it's it like I noticed thing with my team is they're just working so hard. <laughs> And they're, they're, they're just spending a lot of time. And so what I've had to do is like today, for instance, I, I I told them to take the afternoon off and like, I don't want to hear from you on Slack. I don't want to hear, see an email like, like, We've had an intense three weeks, and like you guys need to just chill out for a little bit. And I don't know what you're gonna do because you're probably gonna be stuck at home, but (laughs) at the end of the day, like I I don't want, I want you to focus on something else besides work right now because it's almost like I'm more concerned about them getting burnt out in in a couple more weeks of this. And so I I think it's also important that we just take a, a pause every once in a while and say, okay, like, we've been working 10 12 14 hour days for for 2 3 weeks and that's not healthy and so that's one of the things that that i'm concerned about but from a productivity perspective we've we've seen uh, results go up across the board most mostly you know i think it's also important to not peanut butter spread. Your view of engagement, right? There could be that one person that could have other things going on in their life. That you just you got to stay in tune with each individual much more because you're not getting those signals that you typically see in, in the office, right? When you're right. someone's down or someone's frustrated for for something else that other than their their job. So I think it's the frontline managers are, are have a lot more on their plate than they did before, and which was already a lot. So yeah. um, that's something we're we're paying attention to as well
1: yeah and it's interesting the the virtual you know everybody getting together and you see the faces i I just did a a session with a team that i I coach and you could just see the strain on their faces and and you could feel the the weight and it was just like, all right we gotta we gotta stand up everybody stand up we gotta do something (laughs) different right we've got to get some some levity in here so Now there's also an increased focus on sales individuals. So when they're out there, not only are they dealing with this new reality themselves, everybody's everybody's dealing with this and it comes with its own stressors. But now salespeople also have to up their empathy, right? They they have to you know make sure they under they're approaching people the right way. So how do you how do you work with the teams or, or suggest people work with the teams to increase that sensitivity, that self-awareness to make it less about them and more about the people that they're talking to in order to continue to drive business?
0: Yeah, we do that a couple of ways. I think the first step is you you have to take a, a company wide approach, again, like I said, is is understand and 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 really you know, overnight, your entire value proposition could have changed. Overnight, your entire messaging could have changed. And when we decide our messaging and our value propositions in a company, we spend weeks or months on it at the beginning. But when it's shifted, we often don't spend any time taking a step back and saying, okay, what, does, what are the messages and the things our, our, our team needs to say and do and, 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 and behave like uh, in this new world? Um, we spend so much time at the beginning when we're creating a new product or we're launching our company, but we don't spend any time on it when um, when we're in this new world. And so we've spent so much time making sure that we take a step back and, and understand what, what what our new messaging is. Second, then you've got to you know entrench that in your team, down to every single rep. And and so how you enable on that and how you coach and train on on that is super important digging into each individual rep. And so we obviously use our own technology to do that, but having a way to, to to really implement those changes across the broader team. And then third, I think is the most important step is listen, pay attention to the calls after you've, you've crafted that message back to the team. You, you got to kind of verify at the end that it actually resonated. And so that's listening to those phone conversations, getting involved in those meetings to kind of, also pivot and, and manage the nuance because let's be honest like any company that put their new messaging together kind of retooled and did what, what we did or what i'm recommending you know we didn't get it right the first time we've never been through this <laughs> right? right like it's not perfect so you if you're not reiterating and kind of listening and then changing and and being really agile with that that enablement you know example i use is we traditionally have sold to the the, the vp of marketing or the sales enablement leader And the VP of sales was kind of a tangential persona for us that we had to get involved. And now it's kind of shifted where we need to spend a lot of time with the sales leader. Well, when we recrafted our messaging, we really forgot that that nuance of it. And so we had to go back and kind of arm the team with other things that talked about how it would resonate for that specific persona. So again, you're not going to get it right, but if you're not... following that back up with uh paying attention to those calls and 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 kind of redoing this creating that flywheel of continuous improvement then then i think you can get caught absolutely
1: absolutely and i think this just made
0: everybody agile
1: i don't think they have a choice anymore no more no more waterfall we don't have that kind of time i mean we're we're iterating uh, almost every day right and so you not only have to get the messaging but now there's content Right? So we, we've trained salespeople to share content, whether it's an insight or it's a story or a success story, whatever that may be. But if something that could have worked pre-COVID actually could have an unintended impact. So it's not even just about the messaging. It's about assessing everything that could potentially be out there. So how do you make sure they're not pulling the wrong content at the wrong time?
0: Yeah. I mean, we use our own technology to manage the content and that helps us control the voice. But if even if you don't have that mechanism, it's important to stop all your outreach sequences, stop any of your, your market automation technology that's pushing messages out to your customers through any journeys and really pause. And then when you retool your messaging and and, and thought process, you then I think have to redesign the way they're delivered as well. It's a lot of work. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You're kind of redoing everything in a way, but I think it's also important to know that, that less is probably more right now. So you don't have to, when you do retool up and you do kind of, you know, reincorporate some of those sequences or some of the the engagement from an email perspective on the marketing side. You don't have to to ramp up the volume at all, and I think it's probably hurt you if you did. So it's 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 really kind of making sure that every message that goes out, whether that's automated or through any of your reps, that that it's extremely thought out. And so we've we paused everything from an outreach perspective. We stopped all of our our outgoing email campaigns or Any messaging that we were delivering and, and really focused on just adding value through remote selling and, and our remote selling hub so it's kind of crazy which I, I think you have to stop and and start over again, but the good news is is less is more uh, in these new environment. well and the
1: buyer's journey has just completely changed I mean it changed overnight right i mean it's it, it was a topic for some companies before like how do i how do I focus on that buying journey to get them across but now it's it's just completely different. Everybody's in a heightened emotional state, not only your teams, but the people that you're selling to. That concept of giving them value, I think, is, is critical. What can companies do aside from you know looking at messaging and, and that kind of stuff to really optimize a buying experience given certain circ- the current circumstances?
0: Yeah. I think um, one of the things that we're doing, uh, you know, obviously, there's an element of our platform that helps during this environment around getting content to people, remote coaching, training, things like that. But one of the things that we are tripling down on is this idea of intent. So understanding who's looking for things, G2 intent, just intent across the entire internet around who's engaging with things that are tangential or directly related to our solution. So who's actually researching things like like that there's a lot of tools out there to help you understand intent because that's when our our, our new messaging would, would resonate the, right. the the challenges is when you're you're reaching out and engaging people that you know this is just you know your solution just isn't a top priority for them they have other things that are important so you either Add tremendous value through thought leadership or resources or tools to those people, and then you 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 shift your more sales driven efforts towards people that are that have intent. So we start to look at things through what's our nexus statement in the market, um, and that's that sales enablement should be done on a platform, and then where are people on the maturity intent curve of that nexus statement? And so we spend a lot of time making sure our messaging for each one of those groups is is uh, is relevant, and and I think. Those, those, those companies that are actively looking at things, you can start to drive a more you know, sales-driven or value-added conversation. And the ones that aren't looking, it, it, you should be focused on just adding value as much as possible. Excellent. All right. So uh, we've talked a little bit about
1: your tech, but give our audience a little bit more understanding of, 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 of Showpad and how the technology and the platform is, is enabling these types of, of impacts and successes.
0: Yeah, so Showpad is a sales and platform. We really help companies in three ways. When you think about onboarding, training, coaching, the systems that help people um, manage that whole process. And then the second piece is really around content. So bridging the gap between sales and marketing, making sure that that, that content is controlled by marketing, but accessible uh, very easily. In the right context, at the right time, in the right place by salespeople, and then third is really that that element of of continuous improvement through meeting intelligence and conversational intelligence. So understanding what's actually happening on those phone conversations relative to the content and relative to the the coaching that that person's receives so of this three hundred and sixty review of of the actual rep behavior to really drive that that uh, uh, continuous improvement uh, in your organization so that that's the platform. And, and you have the re- remote resource hub,
1: which I'd love to know more about. Cause right now that's, everybody's probably like, Hey, I need help. <laughs> so, yeah, so help yeah. us understand how that one works.
0: Yeah. So we, we, we decided to put together a, a ton of ungated content, both content, uh, very quick tips and tricks to how to manage a remote selling team. And then we have a partner called winning by design that have put in some, some great actual free uh Courses for you to take, or to to push down to your team as well. And it's just a, a great resource. It's, it's shopad.com/slash/remote-selling, and it's a, a really great resource. is free to anyone to to take advantage of uh, of anyone struggling this 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 environment or of managing a remote selling team. Okay. And so here's one that's not, I'm going off
1: script for a second, but it's a question I got asked this morning. So I'm curious. What have you seen be effective with your outbounding? You know, some people I've seen people do some, you know, virtual happy hours with prospects or a knowledge share with prospects. And right now it's a lot of wild west, like we're testing what works and what doesn't. But (laughs) have you seen things that your team's really been able to, to put in place to continue to drive those conversations in the pipeline?
0: Yeah so uh, some of the things is is you know we've been pretty good at this remote coaching and remote learning thing for a while just it's just because of the nature of our business and so we've been doing a lot of just understanding finding out who is is struggling with this and and doing almost one-on-one sessions to to help guide them and really not even talk about our product, but more even just talking about the conversation you and I are having today around what's the strategy of, of adapting in this new environment. Because we've been talking to customers about this for, for, you know, a couple of years now about you know because there are companies that have been remote and this trend has been coming up over time. This is just completely put it in overdrive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we've been uh, it, it hasn't really changed a lot of our messaging. It's the messaging has to be lead with empathy, but the the framework has really been the same as we've always taught uh, about how you should continuously coach your rep, and then you know our our technology allows you to do it remotely. But that's what we've been doing is is really just offering strategic. Support to any of our um, potential prospects or deals that we're working on so we can help them with the strategy in this new time. Excellent. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions
1: towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as a revenue executive, that means you're a prospect for many sales professionals out there. And so always interested to know if somebody, and especially now, if somebody doesn't have a a trusted referral in, like they don't know somebody that you trust, and then there's no intro, how is someone going to effectively capture your attention and earn the right to some time on your calendar to have a discussion?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think the one thing that that always resonates with me is is really this idea of of being prepared and understanding what I'm concerned with right now. So having a point of view, you know, and it's I think it's much deeper than understanding that I'm a VP of sales at a software company and what are the typical challenges. Really paying attention to to the things that 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 I'm probably struggling with right now and some things that are top of mind and just being very relevant with, with the outreach and very personalized. I know it sounds normal, but you'd be surprised at how many people still aren't doing that. Oh yeah. Um, um, (laughs) Really, really bad. It's like take 10 minutes and like check out my LinkedIn and and understand what I care about and understand what I'm passionate about and then apply that to what are some general themes in the market you might see for someone in my position and add value about how you can immediately help me. I mean, I think that's you know, this element of give, give, get is, is something that I always teach my team is, is just con- like, if I see a couple messages that, that have some things that are interesting to me that I'm, I'm clicking through that, that third or fourth time, I'm, I'm much more ample to, to, to take a call or, or have a conversation. So th- that's a nuance that I think is, is. It's been discussed a lot, but I think the execution on it's pretty poor. (laughs) I think think you're 100% right on that. All right. Last question. We call it our acceleration
1: insight. There's one thing you could tell sales marketing or consultants, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets. What would it be and why?
0: Yeah. So I think first coach your people, I think, Build, and this is probably more towards a sales leader. Is just build a culture of coaching in your organization and continuous improvement. Um, I think we've 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 always been focused on this idea of headcount equals revenue, and and that model worked when the the land grab was was plentiful. It's not anymore, and I think effectiveness and efficiency are are the the the, the number one thing to think about as a revenue leader. And I think if you implement a culture of coaching, it seems like a really difficult thing to do, but um, the results happen much faster than than you know just growing your team exponentially f- from a headcount perspective so that's what I've seen works is is really uh, implement a culture of coaching, and your people love it, and you'll have a really engaged team and, and they'll fight to work for you in the future so that that's been beneficial for me.
1: Awesome. Dustin, if a listener's interested in talking more about these topics or learning more about what Showpad's doing, where would you like us to send them? You gave us the the remote selling link. Is there someplace else you'd like them to get in touch with you?
0: Yeah. Um, my my email is Dustin.deno at showpad.com, or you can reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly active on there. I'm more than happy to answer any questions or, or have any discussions for sure. Awesome. I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Chad. It was my pleasure. All
1: right, everybody, that does it for this episode. You know the drill, b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. Everybody's got some extra time, especially if you're already through the Tiger King. So we want you to do us a favor, listen, write us a review on iTunes. And until next time, stay safe, love the people around you. We wish you nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.